We will head out to Arrowhead when they start to uh, talk. We'll hear from Andy Reid. We'll hear from Patrick Mahomes. We'll hear from Nick Bolton and Drew Tranquil today. I think there'll be a question about um, Drew Tranquil's tweet. I think there has to be. With the screenshot of the text from Andy Reid recruiting Drew Tranquil of uh, when you see red, think Super Bowls. And then who did he recruit with the, was it? Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, I believe Juju. he just sent pictures of the Lombardi trophy. <laughs> and by the way, both those guys ended up going to a Super Bowl in their first year, in their one-year contract with That's the Chiefs. That's true. Oh, man. Drew Tranquil's going to be such a good Patriot next year. Damn. <laughs> no. you got to re-sign him, right? I would. Yeah. If you're going to lose but, Willie Gay, then uh, you need to bring back Drew Tranquil. I think Drew Tranquil—well, who's going to be cheaper, Drew Tranquil or Willie Gay? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm more worried about— not well, not Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes, but someone else at the podium today, and what that contract might look like, and them actually signing him, because you don't want him to sign. You don't like Nick Bolton. I <laughs> just joking. I'm just joking. feel fine about Nick Bolton, and I think at a valuable at a good price, Nick yeah. Bolton would be totally reasonable. I'm worried about what Nick Bolton's going to make. It feels like he is on like perennial Pro Bowler contract pathing at this point, and it, uh-huh. it makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, I hope they prioritize Drew Tranquil. I think he's excellent. I think he's a good fit in this defense. I think Nick Bolton's going to be here past his rookie contract. I agree. The same reason Anthony Hitchens kept playing. Yep. That when Spags has somebody out there that he trusts that everybody's going to be put in the right spot, and he trusts that that guy's going to be in the right spot, then they're going to want to keep that guy around. And they've clearly shown that they're willing to invest in linebackers. Absolutely. And I'm not... Nick Bolton is not in this spot right now, but how did you feel about Anthony Hitchens by the end of that contract? Oh, I that's, hated it. That's my that's my fear. I hated it, but they also got a Super Bowl out of it. I mean, there was a, a lot of guys that got a Super Bowl out of there. Right. But I, it was it was sort of Brett Veach saying, we need to bring somebody in to help solidify this defense that I feel like can be a leader because we've gone from guys who were headaches mm-hmm. and we need to bring some guys in that are going to be able to bring the group together. So with Tyron Matthew and Anthony Hitchens, we need to bring some guys in to go and uh, and help make this defense a little bit better and, and change uh, the, the culture around it. And that Instead logic, I thought, and, I thought, made sense. I mean, again, the, the deal, you didn't like it by the end, but you're in a spot now where you have less wiggle room financially. Yeah. And when Tranquil had to be that guy for this defense when Bolton was out, the defense didn't take any sort of step backwards. So I just, I, my concern is that is that Nick Bolton's deal is going to be like, two and a half to three times more than what Drew Tranquil ends up making, and I don't think it's a two and a half to three times yeah. improvement as a player. Well, I also wonder, like, when you look at the uh, the contract for Anthony Hitchens and what it was then versus what it would be now. Mm-hmm. So there's inflation, there's the cap going up, all of that, so I don't want to compare the two of what Nick Bolton's contract might look like and what Anthony Hitchens uh, would, would look like. I do wonder if there's an extension for Nick Bolton. Would you be saving money then if the Seahawks – we're trying to bring in a linebacker. Nick Bolton was a free agent, and they went and signed Nick Bolton. Right. As a, like the Chiefs, Anthony Hitchens, free agent. They went and signed Anthony Hitchens to bring him in when other teams, you know, were looking to sign Anthony Hitchens as well. So maybe you paid a little bit more of a premium as opposed to, hey, Nick, three years. You can avoid free agency for a couple of years. We want to give you a two year extension and have you here for three more years, and then you walk. And maybe that's more reasonable, easier to swallow, more palatable uh, contract than. Nick Bolton walks and you go and, and sign another middle linebacker and you might be paying as much money for that guy, a new guy, as you might have paid for Nick Bolton on an extension. I don't know. I don't know what that will look like and what Nick Bolton will want and if he's willing to take the burden to hand of a couple of years, you know, buying out like they do in baseball. We'll buy out a couple of years of your free agency, right. you know, to, to stay around a little bit. There's a world in which there's a, a Nick Bolton contract that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I I am just very curious about where that, that number is going to be. You're skeptical that the Chiefs will live in that world. I I am. I I am I'm skeptical that the yeah. Chiefs have a walkaway number that is where my walkaway number would be. Yeah, we know they have a walkaway number. They've they've sure, proven they they've proven it with Tyron Matthew. They've proven it with Tyreek Hill. They yep. proved it with um, uh, Trent Williams. <laughs> but with players they love out of the rookie contract in a spot yeah. like this, like a lot. That's all. That's also all assisted by the age of the players. They don't. They which don't. Is why it's hard to you know find comps too but they haven't really signed guys to uh, they after rookie contracts they haven't had a whole lot of them that have 
that yeah, have been, right. you know, the, the, the force multipliers you'd like them to be. Sneed's obviously going to be an interesting test Charver- case as Charverius well. Charverius Ward is a guy Ward. that they, they let walk after Absolutely. a rookie contract. Uh, Mitch Morris they let walk after a rookie contract. Um, you know, and you replace them with different guys. Like, they haven't typically the, – the, the guys that they have brought back after rookie contracts and signed to longer-term deals are Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Tyreek Hill, they did that. But then they also did smaller one-year deals. Demarcus Robinson was a one-year deal after his rookie contract. Derek Nottie's on his second one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Nick Allegretti, one-year deal after rookie contracts. Juan like, Thornhill's an interesting one. He he had. I'm trying to look at the guys that did walk. get big deals somewhere. And they let him walk because you know a lot of these guys did not. They, you end up on one-year deal. He could be here, yeah. be somewhere else. But but they let Thornhill walk again. Before that, it was literally just Nottie, and that's where we are now through the entirety of the Brett Veach era of guys who have. Told out a yeah. rookie contract, so we, we'll Allegretti, learn something here about Allegretti's on a one. So they've they've either signed the bigger guys like a, a Jones and Kelsey and Mahomes and Tyreek, or they've had a rookie contract expire, and they said we're not going to give you a long term deal. We'll give you a one year deal. Right? Was Wiley one of those guys too? I, I think maybe they gave he they, he wasn't a draft. Yeah, pick, I guess you're right. But, yeah, so but they did bring him back on like another one year deal. But yeah. Allegretti, Demarcus Robinson, and Derek Nadi are the guys that. Rookie contracts expired and stayed with the Chiefs. Those were one-year deals, though. And Nottie's the only one that was a Veach draft pick, for whatever that's worth, just in terms of his, you know, his guy or whatever. Was Alleg- Allegretti was a Veach. Wasn't, wasn't um, he in 2019? Oh, I guess that's Seventh right. Rounder? No, you're right. Yeah. Allegretti was as well. Yeah, DeMarcus yeah. Robinson was with John Dorsey. That was the Patrick Mahomes draft. And so, you've, you've, again, you've got returning one-year deals. They let McCole Hardman walk and then brought him back. They let yeah. Thor- Thornhill is a data point because he got a right. real contract. Ward is a data point. They also drafted, draft pick. They also drafted ahead of Juan Thornhill's contract expiring and took Brian Cook. Correct. There was a, so, a plan in place there. Is there a middle linebacker that they draft somewhere in the draft this year to work ahead of Nick Bolton? Right. You know, because they I took mean, Leo Chanel. I don't think they right. took Leo Chanel for Willie Gay. Right. You know, because while he's athletic, you know, he's coverage is not his thing. You know, it's not going to be his 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 thing is more running straight ahead yes. and going and getting a, 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 a bl- take on a blocker and be strong at the point of contact or work through the blocker, make the tackle, you know, go after the uh, the running back, things like that. But side to side lateral movement, trying to guard somebody moving and twisting your hips. That's not what Leo Chanel is going to be doing. It's also it's just still tough because I think like Snead's going to make more money than Nick Bolton and Mike Dana is going to make less. But those guys are both right. going to hit actual that's free a, agency. That's a good point that Mike Dana is a guy that, you know, do where you does bring he back, fit there? Like, does, do you bring him back on a one year deal or does he get a multi year deal somewhere else that you're like, well, we appreciate it, Mike, but this is it's not what we do. We sign somebody that we feel like is a core core piece mm-hmm. to a longer term deal that would be representative market value or we let you walk. Or you're on a one-year deal. And this isn't like the exact... Oh, never mind. We'll save that for later. Here's Andy Reid. As far as the injuries go, uh, Charles Aminahue will be out uh, with a torn ACL. And then um, Tooney will not practice today. So um, making progress, not counted out. We'll see how he does. Everybody else is uh, ready to go. Before the challenge of playing the 49ers... uh, Heck of a football team, obviously. Uh, Kyle does a, a great job with that group, and um, Steve Wilkes uh, has been a head coach in the league, but is a really good defensive coordinator, uh, likewise. And, um, and then Brian Snyder um, is our special teams coordinator. He does a good job. And Chris Furster and I go all the way back to our college days. He's a um, ex-Colorado State offensive lineman, so. A wet conference, shout out to them. Um, but he, he does a heck of a job with the offensive side. So, um, again, with that, time time you. Andy, uh, remember sort of last year, McCaffrey had just been traded to San Francisco and the first game was against you guys. What impresses you about now, the ways that they've been able to figure out how to use him in different ways compared to that first game when they were just kind of digging out? Yeah, sure. Kyle's one of the most creative guys in the league. You knew he was going to find, find ways to uh, maximize him, uh, the different tools that he has. McCaffrey's got phenomenal tools. Uh, can catch, block, uh, run. I mean, he does it all. And Kyle's exploited even more than what it had been before. So. Coach, is there a comfortability factor playing at the Legion Stadium? Well, I'd say yes, but we're on the 
home team side. So <laughs> I don't know that side. Uh, uh, but I mean, we've been there. I, I'm not sure that matters in, in this game. It's, you know, it comes down to the execution part of it. But uh, uh, and, and really, when you play in the Super Bowl, there's that constant buzz, that noise is constant offensively and defensively because of the crowd being split. So uh, that's what you got to make sure that you, you handle. And the uh, you know, pre-trial move about, you know, against the text Yeah, so Brett Veach does the, the hard stuff. I mean, I, he just, he, he gives them to me and asks me to reach out to the guys, but we knew him. <laughs> uh, Drew firsthand because of how good he was with the Chargers. And, um, and he's done all of that here. Um, you know, he's developed a great relationship and rapport with the, with the linebackers in that room and with Steve and, and Brendan. So, Inflatable. So they, they, they've all worked on, and, and Drew had to want this uh, to get him up to par just on the, the defense. And he's, thank goodness, he's a real smart guy. So he, he uh, put that Notre Dame education to use uh, in learning this whole thing and did it, did it quickly. Yeah, sure, he did a great job. You know, he's, he can run. He was safety in college, so he's got. He can run now, and uh, he, he's used to open field tackles and doing that, and I think that benefits him, uh, and it did it did Sunday. Yeah. And did you, anytime you're with friends, do you send emails like tell them, hey, by the way, we go to Super Bowls pretty regularly. Is that a common occurrence, or is that specific to Drew? Um, no, I mean, each guy give, t- it's more a text than an email, so, yeah. Andy, uh, because obviously a little bit different path this year being an underdog, yeah, so listen, we, we understand the, the reasoning behind it. I mean, we get it. Um, uh, and understandably so. So, I mean, we, we might not be the prettiest uh, bunch, but we, you know, we're going to battle. And um, that's kind of been the personality of this team. So, I don't think it bothers, it doesn't bother us. We, we understand, so um, um, it is what it is. Andy, officially, you're back in your games this season, and you hate perfect defense in the season. Every year about this time, we hear calls for maybe officials should be full-time employees. Where do you fall on that, and do you think it would make a difference in the quality of officiating? Yeah, well, they've, they've started to do that. There are a handful of guys that are full-time uh, right now. Um, we've got Bill for this game, Vinovich, who's season um, official and referee. So, um, and they mix the crews for for the playoffs. And Bill does a great job of uniting everybody and getting them together. Um, so, uh, I, l- listen, I know the league is doing what they can do on that on that phase, and and they're gradually. Get more guys that are uh, doing it full time. Uh, Coach uh, Brock Purdy, kind of first on the scene last year, continues to grow. He's had two comeback wins now in the playoffs. Is that coming from behind and wanting seems like a box that quarterbacks need to be able to check right when it's not all going your way, but then also doing it in the playoffs? Is that a sign that he's you know, not just good, but maybe moving up the ladder of? Yeah, listen, he's a heck of a player. I, I remember specifically one of the Saturday afternoons uh, watching him in college, and I remember the head coach saying, this guy has changed our program. So changing a program, that's something that's you know big. And, uh, um, and, and that's what he is. I mean, he's doing that in the National Football League. And last week he did as much with his legs as he did with his arm. So he, he ran the ball well. He's a good football player. He's smart. Got a great feel for things. Yeah. Hi, Andy. You guys have been in the spotlight for a while and continue to be. And I know you're mostly in the bunker, especially now. But I, I seem to recall you getting recognized in Italy a few years ago. And I, I wonder if elaborate on that a little bit. But is that also the most unusual place you've been recognized? 
you know, you don't expect that. I, mean, I don't. And um, but there, there, there are a lot of Americans over there. <laughs> you don't put that. And they were having a basketball tournament, so I walk out of the hotel the first day, and there's whole youth basketball team. And, um, so they they knew, and then you're not hiding anymore. So that's, and they're going to Mahomes, weren't they, or what were they? Yeah, they yeah they love Pat. They know they you know they knew all our guys. So, but obviously Pat Pat's one. Of, he's got the face of it. So was that indeed the oddest or most unusual place that? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Pete, uh, when it comes to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think his regular season probably helped you. He's a little bit more productive. Just what have you made of what's been able to do in the postseason? Yeah, so look, I'm proud of him because he um, he played well for us last year. This year, he had a couple drops in big situations. Um, didn't hang his head. Didn't lose confidence. Kept battling, working with Pat, um, and you know he, he just he kept it going, figuring that it would turn around and um, here he comes up with these these last two games were huge catches very similar to what he did last year in a couple of the games and um, so I'm, I'm happy that he for him uh, most of all and that, um, that he was able to kind of recover or whatever you want to say from from what was going on earlier and what told you that he was going to come through on the other side if you with him, he's, gonna... yeah, he's smart and he's a hard worker so um, and that's as long as you're you know, you've got skill mixed in with that then you, you have a chance so but he he's going to work at it and uh, you know he understands that you can go into a slump sometimes that ball looks big sometimes it looks small and uh, and he worked through that um, did a good job with it Andy, so bounce off that, not just from Mark Webb, but just with anyone on the roster, just what's been the key to evaluating uh, guys' mental fortitude to know that they're going to come in and be a hard worker and just gradually do the right things in the system? Well, I've got good leadership, um, not only as coaches, but uh, in the locker room. Uh, you're not going to, um, uh, you know, you're not going to dog it with Pat Mahomes going full speed, Kelsey going full speed. I mean, you're just not... Um, they're not going to allow you to do that, first of all. And, and then you watch them, and you watch how they practice, and you know you, you know it's not a fit if you, you can't do that. And then you know Brett's not going to bring in guys that you know the, the dog, so or jog or whatever you want to call it. And you've been in the Super Bowl a bunch of times now, and a couple of organizations in four out of five years. Is it still feel as fresh? No, you respect the opportunity. I respect the opportunity of being a head football coach in the National Football League. I mean, Baje and I started way back when we were both scrub buckets, man. So, I mean, uh, to have the opportunity to do this um, is a real privilege. And, um, you know, so I've, every day I cherish it. And so this moment, yeah, you cherish it. You last, last the two teams standing, so... And very competitive business. We'll go three more. Nate, we'll start with you. Andy, a, a couple weeks ago, Clyde uh, shared with us his reasoning for wanting to go to medical school. Obviously, you went through it obviously before. Other guys, obviously, Clyde comes to mind. Just what is it about what you learned about Clyde over this last year and sort of seeing him go from, you know, being a you know, player to obviously trying to figure out what the next stage is? Yeah, sure. Well, he grew up. He grew, grew up with a great mom, who's an example to him for that. Um, she's in the business, and um, and so uh, and then he's a smart kid. I mean, he he gets it, and he's mature. So you, you figured he would. That's not the only thing he could do. I mean, you figure that he would find something that he wanted to do and go do it. You have confidence that. Uh, that life after football is going to be okay for him. Yeah. Given the fact that he's doing it now during the course of the season, yeah. um, just what's impressive about that, given the fact that you know, you're still relying on the question? Yeah, sure. No, that's, uh, that's great. I, I encourage it. It hasn't affected his play and or the time spent making sure that he's playing good. And, um, and so I would encourage that. I mean, I've, 
I'm, I'm all in with him. Last two, Neil and Blair. Coach, what's the say about the yeah, it's a tribute to to their strength um, as a group, um, welcoming in new guys um, uh, with high expectations, and, and still making it work. Um, not pushing anybody out the door because maybe it started a little slow, and um, or even that they started slow, they didn't hang their head and and kept pushing forward. So that, that develops. I always sit there on that first day of a training camp and tell you every year is different. Every team's different. Well, this one's different than any of the other ones. Right? So, um, and it, they've grown together, um, which is which is neat to watch. Last one, Blair. Um, follow up on Bonnie's question about recognition. Uh, appearing in the commercials, it's- you know, change that for you at all? Do you find people outside of football recognizing you more because of the you know, appearances on State Farm and others? Yeah, probably. I, yeah, I'd probably say yes. Yeah, I, you know, I, um, when I get when I get out there, you know, so I'm not <laughs> not out much, but I, I'd say yes. I mean, I, that, that's uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. Want, I don't want to stand up here and sound like a movie star because I'm. That's uh, 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 I'm not very good at that, and I'm. But I appreciate people enjoying nuggies. Do you have a SAG card? A what? A SAG card? No, I don't think I do. No. All right, guys. All right, thanks. <laughs> people enjoying nuggies, man. He is so uncomfortable talking about being recognized outside. He just wants to coach football, man. Deeply uncomfortable. Just want it. It it took some convincing for somebody to add in the New Heights podcast to ask him to be part of it. Here's Patrick Mahomes. It was hard to see then that you guys would still be playing now. Were there things? What were the things you saw then that led you to believe that maybe this was still possible? Um, I think I saw more from within the building. Uh, just. How hard guys were working, um, how guys were taking it personal uh, when we were losing games and going through that stretch. Um, you you kind of know uh, how guys, how they react after games if, if you're going to be in this spot or if you're going to have a chance to be in this spot. And guys weren't happy and they were putting in the work to get better. And that's what you need in order, whenever you go through adverse times, is guys to continue to work and to continue to get better. I mean, if you watch if you watch the receivers every single day, I mean, they're, they're catching on the side when the defense is up. They're catching after practice, catching before practice. Uh, I remember I was walking to lunch one day, and Sky's out there just catching by himself. I mean, it's just those guys have that, that mindset of they're going to continue to get better, and that's been out throughout the whole entire team. It's We're not wasting any moments in practice. We're, guys are working on the side. We're trying to get better, and um, we're not going to let that slide this week either. We're going to try to do the same thing going into the Super Bowl. Uh, not not really at all. I think guys were just ready to ready to play regardless. So uh, we just kind of kept it going and uh, kept it moving. Never happened with him before, right? Um, we we not to that extent, but uh, we have had that same issue. So we just got to figure out how his warm up routine and my warm up routine don't interact. <laughs> what were you going to do with the 15 yard penalty? It, it, it defied the plan when you guys were going to get out there. Um, say that one more time. I didn't, lost. When Mr. Travis said you were going to be out on the, the field and he missed that kick. Yeah, I was going to chase Travis and just get him back to the sideline, you know, so <laughs> that would probably be the, the best decision. Travis, I'm sorry. Okay. Ask, uh, ask Andy about this, but just being an underdog for this postseason, um, it seems like there's been a particular enjoyment in the locker room that has led your perspective on it. Um, I think for some guys, for sure. Um, I mean, we just haven't had that, that aspect, so I kind of lit a fire, I think, under some guys, uh, including myself, but. Um, at the end of the day, it's playoff games. I um, mean, you want to win. I um, mean, this is this is what you kind of play for. And I think that fire would have been, regardless if we're under dog or not, that fire would have been lit because this is the time of year that you work for and you put in those hard practices for. And I think we have that mindset: if we're going to practice the way we do and we're going to work the way we uh, work, we're not going to let it slide by. And we're going to make sure that we maximize our opportunity every time we're out there. <laughs> Temper maybe your aggressive mentality when maybe other years maybe a little more after growth for them. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a mixture of everything. Uh, I mean, I always want to be aggressive. I always want to take chances. Um, but just knowing when to do that, when is the best opportunity. And you, I mean, you saw a couple in the second half where I, I let it go downfield. We just didn't hit on them. Um, I think we just got to execute at a higher level in the second half after watching the film. Um, there were still some chances there, but when you don't execute versus a great defense, um, uh, drive stall out, and that'll, that'll be very similar to this, net, this next game we're playing. I mean, that's a great defense that we're going up against, and then we're going to have to be really high execution, kind of like we were in the first half. Um, but negative plays will stall drives out, and, and they're a defense that will, once those drives, you have negative plays, those drives won't uh, end with points. Patrick, you said you, you win to go down field when you do that. You seem to have an amazing ability to know the game situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not just whether or not to take a shot, but to late in the, the fourth quarter, you're taking sacks instead of over and mm-hmm. keep the clock going. Is that something that on the sidelines, in the huddle, you're constantly talking about? Are you thinking it through? Or is it just kind of a second? Um, I think it's. Uh, we have these meetings, uh, Travis hates them, but we have these meetings where we go over every single situation every single week, um, and we just go through them. They're long, repetitive meetings, but we, we actually show film from games in previous years or previous weeks, and, and they talk through the different stuff. Um, and it, it gets repetitive, but I listen and you, I ask questions, and I, I try to figure out every single situation for every single game. And um, you saw in the Super Bowl this last year, I mean, we were having that drive, and you want to score points, but as the, the clock started running down, um, that last drive of the game, I, you, you start letting the clock run a little bit more and try to see if we can end with the football. And um, it comes from those meetings. And even though guys are in there and it's like an extra meeting that takes like an hour on a, on a Friday or Saturday, whatever it is, um, those little things are what kind of gets you to this spot. Um, and so that's why I enjoy it. Um, and I know the guys do, even though they get a little bored and, and tired of them. Just in general, what does his energy do? What does it bring to you and also maybe the rest of the family? Yeah, I think it brings a ton. Um, it's the energy, and people don't even see it at practice. I mean, the energy that he has, the, he, he wants to take every single rep. We have to, like, get him out of practice um, just to give him a, a rest, and he wants to be out there for every single play. Um, and I think that mindset, when you see the, the, the Hall of Fame tied in and he wants to be the guy working the hardest, it raises everybody's standard. Um, it raises the standard of how you practice. It raises the standards of how you prepare. Um, because you know that guy um, that's, that's done at the top level wants to continue to do it every single week, every single day. And, and at the same time, he has a great time doing it. And I think that shows that you can work extremely hard and still have fun uh, coming to work every single day. Patrick, you obviously have been successful in domes throughout your career, playing the Legion, you have lost home of the Raiders. How come you're so comfortable in the dome? And you're the home team this time at their Um. I don't know. I just I just like playing football. So it doesn't matter if it's minus thirty or if we're in indoors. I'm just going to go out there and try to play the best I can. And I'm sure quarterbacks will tell you that it's easier to throw the football when it's in perfect conditions. So that's probably why. But for me, it's just going out there and competing. Right, getting the mask as a rookie and then he left and came back. I wonder if there's any difference in him having been a head coach. Have you noticed? Maybe talk about how he's more decisive now having been a head coach. Yeah, I mean, you learn. Um, I think you learn the good and the bad. Um, and, and he's got he's been around I think other coaches as well, so he has different ideas that he brings. Uh, and you can see that last year, and you can see that this year. Um, and like you said, I mean, I think he just knows what he wants now. He knows what situations like let's have a play ready. And like at the end of the game this last week, he makes me do a, a little sheet where I, where I do I pick kind of plays for certain situations, and that was on the sheet. He went right to it, picked that play, gave it to me. Uh, we were comfortable. We went out there and executed the play. And so it's just stuff like that. I mean, whenever you when you go out there, and I mean, he had success as a coach, and then he had some times where he didn't have as much success, and he learned from those times. Um, and he's came back, and he's been a, a better coach, I think, um, because of that. And so uh, that's what you have to do in this league, and, and coaching, playing, whatever it is, is you, you learn from your successes, and you learn from stuff that you don't do as well. well trying to be better the, the next opportunity you get. Matt, uh, Patrick, what's the value of this week in preparation for creating this next week? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're pretty locked in this, I mean, both weeks, but you're really locked in this week. You want to make sure you get the whole game plan in. Get all your questions asked and answered. So next week when you're reviewing, you can just go on the fine details that you might not have the chance to, to do in a regular game week. And so um, I'll have that mindset all, all through practice. I'll make sure the guys have the same mindset. Patrick, why don't we show uh, some of your workouts that you do that kind of helps you uh, prevent injury with the amount of weekday when it came out your legs. Just what does that say about your preparation? And, you know, when some folks see quarterbacks or whoever doing, like, some real workouts in the offseason, that it actually takes off. I, so I think he showed that for everybody, but that was really directed towards me because I hate doing all that stuff. And every time he does it, I'm like, why am I, why am I doing this stretch right now and everything like that? And 
then he gets a, an opportunity like that where he shows me, he's like, see, this is why we do it. So now that'll be a staple in every workout I do. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, we try to prepare for everything. Um, and uh, he's done a great job of adapting and learning um, from stuff that I've done in my, my career and, and preparing me for those moments to try to keep myself healthy as I possibly can. Because I, I mean, the, I always said the best availability, I mean, the best ability is availability. And um, you want to be out there. And lucky enough for us so far, knock on wood, we've been able to have a lot of healthy guys out there. We want to play our best football um, in the Super Bowl. And that's what we're going to try to do. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he always gets me doing stuff that I, that I don't want to do. And I, I know he wants the best for me, so I do it. Um, but uh, there's definitely some times where I'm like, man, we're, we're on two hours of working out. Like, like let, let me go up go upstairs and just and just hang out. And so it's uh, he, he, he pushes me uh, every single day. Nate, uh, I have two quick Yeah, no, I mean, definitely there was times throughout the season where we had to take him out. I mean, he didn't want to, but we, we had to get him out to let his body heal. And it, it wasn't like his mind wasn't there, but you could just see his body. It wasn't it wasn't moving the way that, that it always moves. And I think, like you said, just having that rest, I think just having more time from when the original uh, injuries kind of happened, um, you, could see his, you could see now his body was getting back. And uh, we felt really good going in, even to that Cincy game and kind of after that. And then and going into the last week and getting that rest and coming into the playoffs, you could tell his body was getting back to the, the true Travis Kelsey. And so uh, um, I, it was definitely good for him. And uh, hopefully we can keep that thing rolling, not just this game, but in the future years as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's they've been such di- different seasons. I think that's been the biggest thing. The last time we tried to go back to back, we won like I think we were like fourteen and one going into the last week. Got the rest, lost that game, and then kind of rolled through the playoffs. And it's never easy, but I mean, we played well, and it was kind of like, oh, we're just gonna do it again. We're gonna do it. We're gonna go out there and play again. And we we got we got our butt kicked. Um, and so this year, it's been completely opposite. It's been a it's been a struggle throughout the season, and we've had to continue to get better and better. And that's what I've always preached. Um, but I think the, some of the losses kind of forced us to like we have to continue to get better and. Um, I think now it's just not being satisfied with getting there. I mean, it's, this is a great football team that we're going up against. It's going to take our best football, kind of like it's taken the last three weeks that we've played. Um, and so we have to do whatever we can to prepare ourselves this week of practice and next week of practice to be ready to go. And I know it's Vegas, and it's a lot of fun. But for us, it's, it's a business trip in, in the true sense, and we're going there to play a football game and, and try to find our way to win it. Um, and I think that has to be the mindset uh, starting today. So we'll go last week with Todd, Sam, and Bobby. Go, Todd. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. Um, luckily enough, I've been able to go to the Pro Bowl. But I mean, even going to the Pro Bowl and just sitting there, and it's and you're you're sitting there, and you're like, man, I, I could be preparing for the Super Bowl, and and you you, you take it as an honor. Um, but you're just sitting there, and it's tough, and then it's hard to watch the game. And I know, like I, my buddies, I know the last time we went in, and my buddies had like a Super Bowl party, and they wanted everybody to come over, and I was just like, nah, I, I can barely, I'm barely gonna be able to watch it. Um, and so I watched it at home just with me and Brittany, and I kind of had it on, and I would kind of walk off and walk back just because I'm a fan of football. But it's uh, it's it's tough, and to get that close and not get in the game, and I know it's tougher to get in the game and lose it. So I'll try to keep keep away from that as well. And so those are those negative uh, moments are kind of what stick with you the rest of your career. Yeah, I mean, I'm like that every week. Um, I go, I mean, I don't want to go through the whole entire thing, but I, I have, a, I have a, a set amount of games that I watch first, take notes on, um, and then I, throughout the week, I watch either a game or two a day, um, and then I watch every game plan, a, a scouting cut up week half, third down, red zone, uh, two-minute, four-minute, kind of on those certain days throughout the week. 
Um, I have I write all the notes of it, all the game plan. I go through the install stuff, and it's uh, it's pretty much the same every single week. And I know what I need to get done that day, and then I do that. And having this extra week, I'll have it all done before we even leave for Vegas. But then I'll go back uh, during the week of Vegas and just go through those same things, reread everything, and make sure that I'm in that same mindset I'm always in. Yeah, so there's notes that the coaches give us, and I, re- I write them down. I'm, I'm big writing it down. It like, helps me remember it. Um, so I'll, I'll write it down, and then I'll rewrite everything again. And then, then this week I'll probably rewrite it one more time while I'm in Vegas. And that stuff sticks in my head like that, and that's something I've done my entire career. Patrick, one, one question and a quick follow-up. When you were in Germany, did you ever actually encounter any ads featuring yourself in them, whether it was I saw some. I saw some, but I never left the hotel, so I didn't get to see him in person. But I saw pictures of him. And with that, I do wonder if you have any sense of being a global figure. I mean, do you, from what the potential in the Super Bowl, from all you guys have achieved, in what ways you might feel that. Um, I think I, uh, you feel it a little bit. I mean, I think the commercials probably help out a lot. Um, but and and the run that we've been on. Um, but I think in, until I actually go around the world and see that different type of stuff, I, I don't think I'll, I'll realize it enough uh, of, of the impact that we've had. Um, but uh, I do pretty good in, in, in Texas and Kansas City. I know that. <laughs> You're listening to Sports Radio 810 WHB Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in Texas and Kansas City, he's recognized. Yeah, he's, he's somewhat recognized in, uh, in Texas and Kansas City. Um, yeah, some ads in Germany and, you know, everywhere else in the world. Here's Drew Tranquil. This is your first Super Bowl. This is why you wanted to come play for the Chiefs from what you posted. Coach Reed has been texting you and it's all kind of come true. Can you just kind of encapsulate what this has been like for you down the stretch here? It's been a whirlwind. Um, you know you dream of this as a kid. You want to play in this game. Um, this is the pinnacle of the football world. Um, the biggest game and the biggest league um, in the world. And so um, to, to look back on that text from Coach Reed, it's, it's, uh, it's something to laugh about, but it's, it's crazy. It's been a long, uh, you know, eight months or I guess ten months since, since that moment, but um, we've put a lot of hard work in and we're, we're super excited for this opportunity. How much of a deeper appreciation do you think you personally might have for being here just considering you were in the division against them for so many years? Yeah, it's incredible what this organization's been able to do um, when you talk about stacking years on top of one another. We felt it early in the season. Like when you're the defending champs, like you're getting everyone's best every single week. Um, I know when we played the Chiefs, when I was at the Chargers, it was like like we were ready for that game. And you circle that game and you want that game. Um, and to, to see what Coach Reed and Brett Veach, um, you talk about our ownership, Clark Hunt, everybody in those decision-making roles and our coaching staff and the players. To be able to do it year after year after year, it's tough. It's really, really hard. Um, and to be a part of that this year is um, an experience and something I'll never forget. Drew, what have you just noticed about the way this organization responds to losing a game? Can you repeat that? What have you noticed just about the way the organization responds to losing a game? Yeah, I mean, um, winning is the goal in this organization. When you lose... Um, there's a very specific way we go about winning and losing, um, and it's the same week in and week out. It doesn't matter if it's the preseason, the regular season, or the postseason. Uh, the methods for how we uh, deal with and correct and, and make corrections um, is really sound here, um, and they've got tested methods that have worked. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things I take away is, um, you know, you look at the postseason and all the excitement and hype that comes with that, like, as a player, it hasn't felt any different for me from the regular season. I think our coaching staff has done such a good job of keeping our routines, our practice habits, our meetings uh, the exact same. And so preparation, just you kind of stay in your flow. Um, and so they've done a good job, whether we win or lose in that regard. Drew, uh, Travis Kelsey seemed particularly bumped up last week. Yeah. Maybe before the game afterwards. Um, what, what, I know you're not on the field at the same time, but what does his energy do for you uh, well, I think you have to have tremendous leaders, especially at the player level, to win in this league. And that's anywhere. That's business. Uh, that's sports. Um, and so there were – Coach Reed kept trying to get – talk to our team, whether it was before the game or halftime, and Travis would just cut him off with a big yell. And he'd say, yeah, that sounds about right. Let's go. And uh, he does that for our team, and we're very thankful to have him. Learned anything about him after a few months now as a teammate that maybe you didn't know from playing against him? 
Um, when the tough gets going, he's he's ready. In the in the wise words of Marshawn Lynch, he's about that action, and uh, he uh, brings it each and every week and um, turns it on, especially when the lights are bright. Is he pretty irritating to play against? He's just hard to play against. He's super challenging. He's unconventional in what he does. Um, his body movements, the way he's able to get open, whether it's man or zone, um, he just presents a lot of challenges. He's big, got a big catch radius, um, and so he's, it makes defending him very challenging, um, both as a player and probably as a coordinator as well. Speaking of guys that are challenging, like what impresses you about the ways that they deploy Christian McCaffrey yeah. using the slot as well? Yeah, Christian's as dynamic of a back as there is in the National Football League. Um, you know, people would say he's not the biggest, but he runs with incredible power. Um, it's very evident if you throw on the tape, he's running guys over. His stiff arm is vicious. Um, he's a weapon in the passing game. He can run the route tree. Um, he's elusive in space. Uh, like I mentioned, powerful at the point of contact. Um, and so he's going to be uh, he's going to be a big challenge for us to stop. I didn't know uh, much about him at all prior to coming here, and I've, I've really enjoyed being teammates with him. With, the, with that, um, what's it like when you have three guys who are obviously talented in their own right, but they're trying to make championship defense better? I think it speaks to this organization and the, and the quest that they're on, um, you know, bringing in good players, whether it's through the draft or free agency. Um, and Brett Veach is one of the best at doing that. And, um, you know, Charles, Mike, and myself, and all of our other free agent acquisitions and guys like Mike Pinnell, who we've brought on, you know, midseason and, you know, drafted guys. I think everybody's kind of bought in to the championship culture here and, and what Coach Reed sets forth um, and what they preach on a week to week basis. But, um, you know, you just try to come in and develop a role for yourself and do the best you can. And at the end of the day, everything's about winning. And, um, and they emphasize that week after week, meeting after meeting. Um, and so whether your role is big or small or medium, like uh, you feel valuable and important when you're here. If I could, um, I know you're focusing on the 49ers, but yeah. if it was a flight over the next day, did you watch the play of Lamar catching his own pass and the fact that he had what appeared to be a lot of open grass? Yeah. Him, what was your experience, I guess, re-watching that play? Yeah, it was such a strange play. Um, and watching it on tape, like you go back in your head like to being on the field, um, and I just remember coming on the blitz. We had a zero pressure called, and Justin's free off the edge. And you hear a loud thud, and that typically means the ball is somewhere bad in the air. And so you're looking for it, and then all of a sudden I just see a flash of purple go by my left eye, and I see Justin running too. I'm like, what is happening right now? And my wife last night, she's like, why were you jogging at first? And I'm like, because I didn't know where the ball was or what was going on. She's like, shouldn't you be running full speed? And I'm like, yeah, probably, but I had to find the ball. I didn't know what was going on. And um, I finally see Lamar catch it, and I'm like, man, i got to get this guy down. And so I just tried to accelerate and, and got him. Uh, man, he's such a good player. Drew, Drew, just, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Chiefs being on this season, but, you know, kind of, kind of you as well taking that filler road, you know, you kind of have a squeaky clean image, but, you know, uh, with Buffalo and then kind of some, you know, that, that, that football pressure kind of comes out of you. Has that always been in you, or is that just something that kind of just rolls out of you? Like yeah, I have a when – I, when I trained back home with my trainer, Scott Prohaska, we, uh, we talk about, like, an alter ego, and I feel like you have to have that a little bit, like – you know, I feel like I'm a family man, like first, like obviously I got married to my high school sweetheart and we have three kids. Um, and there's a little bit more of a gentle spirit that you have to take on when you're in the house, but that spirit doesn't work when you're between the white lines. Um, and so we say, I'm Clark Kent, but I got to play like Superman. And so when it's between the white lines, it's certainly in the moments after the game, um, you're kind of in that headspace where you're looking to dominate the guy across from you. And it's fun bantering back and forth with the fans and getting everybody excited. I mean, it's football. It's one of the greatest sports, uh, the greatest sport in the world. And um, just trying to have fun with it. Does your, does your family see that and uh, kind, of, kind of be like, well, we didn't like this kind of surprise or if they see this just kind of throughout your whole yeah, they'll ask me. I'll, I'll get in the frame of the group chat after the game. They'll be like, what were you saying to that guy? It looks like you're, you're trash talk. Are you really trash talk? And I'm like, well, I'll try to. I, I don't know how good I am at it. But, yeah. Hey, Bruce, speaking of family, like you had your family out there after the game. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, my wife, Jackie, my son, Elijah, our oldest, and then uh, my brother-in-law, Henry, um, were all there. And uh, it was a really cool moment to, to be able to be on the field and, 
my son brought his Chiefs ball in there. We were to throw that around a little bit. But, um, you know, those are moments you, you think of and dream of, and they're always better um, than you could ever dream of. Dream more. Go ahead. Just kind of go back to PJ's question where you're talking about having that alter ego. Is that a, a little bit of an identity for this defense? Because I think we see that from Justin Reed. We see that from Trent McDuffie. We see that from LeJarius Steve, some of those guys, too, where they're pretty gentle, even in LeJarius' case, fairly quiet off the field. But got some dog in it once they get to the bar. Yeah, we just want to be a ton of dogs out there. Um, Lamar said, I think a few times this year, like we like, like we just want to play ball. And I think that's when this defense, when it comes down to it, like we just want to play ball. Like we want to get after it. Um, we really believe in our leader Spags um, and the coaches that he has in place. Um, and there's sometimes in football, you know, whether it's been high school, college, or professional level, where you're just like not sure about a game plan. Like that has not happened this year one time. Like when we go into a game, we're like. This is going to work, and we just have to execute. And um, it's exciting to go out there. We got a really good group of guys. Serena, I know uh, here the reputation has been kind of offensive. Now with Patrick Mahomes, and even the last stop with Justin Herbert, that can take yeah. a lot of the oxygen in the room. The defense really emerged this year. I'm, I'm curious, did you feel the moment where this, you guys were the story in this last game? Did you feel the moment where that confidence, confidence was there? And was it? Yeah, I think a big moment for us this season was uh, our Germany game versus Miami. I mean, Miami was, they put up 70, 70 or 73 points on the Broncos. They were the number one offense in the NFL by a mile. Um, and you look what we did in that first half, shutting them out. They had a couple big plays in the second half. But I think, you know, we knew we had something special. And to go out there and get that done, um, on an unconventional week in Germany where your sleep schedule's off. Like we knew we had some dogs and we knew we had, you know, we knew we could do something special. Um, and we talk about it all the time, Spags talks about it. It's like, you, you can't look in the rear view mirror. Like what we did to Baltimore last week does not matter if we don't show up next Sunday or two Sundays from now versus the 49ers who are a terrific offense led by Kyle Shanahan. So um, it's another opportunity, man. And we're, we're certainly looking forward to it. Yeah, my uh, my son and my daughter they go to preschool, um, and they had a little parade for. We have a couple players that have kids that go there, and uh, we were talking to the kids yesterday at the parade, and uh, just thinking back on the the postseason run we've had so far. It's like we beat Miami. Nobody, everybody was kind of counting us out there. Thought Miami would come in and get the job done. Buffalo certainly the story. They thought us going on the road wasn't going to happen, and then. I mean, nobody gave us a chance against the Ravens. Ravens were playing great ball. Um, you know, we have an unbelievable test in front of us against the 49ers. But I think when you play good football teams and you come out on top and you're able to kind of build some momentum, like it calluses you a little bit. Like it makes you, it's going to be a tough, hard fight. Um, any good game against two opponents is. And um, I think, you know, we're building up that callus to, to go win this thing. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Thanks, guys. All right, there's uh, Drew Tranquil's uh, biggest critic, his wife. Found that out there. Uh, we'll hear from Nick Bolton. Uh, the uh, catch that Lamar Jackson made on his own pass, wife said, uh, why were you jogging? <laughs> was trying Shouldn't to you have been going full speed? Shouldn't you have been running? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, probably should have been running, of course. I was looking for the football. Um, so uh, so there you go. Drew Tranquil, definitely appreciative of the fact that he's with this organization and um, has made a run through the postseason and is playing in the Super Bowl. Childhood dream as a kid. You want to play in the Super Bowl, biggest stage, and he gets that chance now. Uh, he's had some big moments. I mean, man played at Notre Dame and um, had a, a, a big game last year in the postseason against the Jags. I mean, had the, uh, what, two interceptions against Trevor Lawrence in the first half? Uh, he was not the reason <laughs> he ended up losing, that's for sure. Um, but he's a reason why the Chiefs are playing here. Here's Nick Bolton. Big offensive numbers. You guys are putting up amazing numbers yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. Is there a point during the season where you felt, you know, it all came together and where it's, you know, mm-hmm. you guys can carry this team when necessary? Yeah, I think uh, in training camp, I mentioned uh, I have an opportunity to be a top 10 defense, and that's our floor. Uh, I kind of meant that uh, kind of in training camp. I can tell by the guys of, of how we were able to recall from last year. 
uh, adding new guys to the system, then how fast they're able to pick up stuff. Uh, Tamari's one of those guys that didn't really get that many reps until the back half of the season, but he's one of those guys that, that came in, handled him two or three different positions. He's able to go out there and execute the game plan. Drew uh, came in, played a little bit of everything for us as well, and, I, and they already had the core guys that played uh, last year. So I think the experience uh, kind of building before we all left off of last year, everybody just year, year older, a little bit more comfortable playing around each other. And so I kind of felt like that kind of helped us uh, trajectory to where we are now. When you had a, when you had surgery on your wrist, is mm-hmm. there any fear that you wouldn't be able to make it to this point if the team got this far? Uh, no. Uh, I have faith in uh, what our trainers and our, our head trainer, Rick, and uh, my surgeon uh, is going to get me back on the field as quick as possible. Um, I was kind of upset a little bit because I wanted to go out there. Our defense was playing good football. Uh, I didn't want our defense to slip down a little bit, but uh, Drew uh, came in, did a hell of a job, man, and uh, those guys rallied around him. I uh, was able to be on mic, get our checks out, uh, get guys lined up, and get guys playing fast. and. Uh, he brought in physicality. Uh, Willie came in, uh, did his thing. Uh, Jack Cash had to get some snaps as well. Leo Pace in a snap. So uh, all those guys in kept my spirits up while I was out. Uh, helped me get back as quick as I could. Hey, no, Charles, no, no Charles Menhue. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's his loss going to mean and how do you absorb that? Yeah, man, it's huge. Uh, we missed him early in the season. Uh, he came back as able to produce for us. Uh, he's one of those guys, man, that, uh, that you hate to see him go down. Uh, he's worked hard for this moment. Uh, Got a chance to play against his old team uh, on that venue and that stage, man. So you so you feel for him for sure. Um, but yeah, he's gonna be one of those guys in the, in the facility. Man's gonna make sure uh, he keeps the energy around. Uh, we have talked to him. We talked to him all last week and um, early in the week. Uh, I actually talked to him yesterday, man. It's something uh, we need your spirits around the facility still. Uh, we're gonna need your energy. Uh, we're gonna need your positivity. Uh, we're just kind of lean on him a little bit, and uh, he's gonna lean on us while he goes through this process. Yeah, man, I think it's just, it's just being goofy, man, when we need to be goofy, man. Again, it's like Willie and Chris and like all those guys, man. Uh, they let football be fun. Uh, you don't really want to get too, too caught up in just uh, at the big venue, the big stage, the big lights. Uh, you kind of want to still have fun. So let your personality show be yourself. Um, so you make sure he brings that to the football team. Nick, uh, Spags has mentioned a couple times that you and some of the other guys like the challenge. You like to be yeah. challenged, right? So... But when you look at the personnel they have over there, George Kittle, Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey, Debo, and there's some unique ways that Kyle Shanahan deploys them. Does a game mm-hmm. like this get you more excited since you know that the complexity of everything, the chess match that you'll be playing, is at like an elite level? Yeah, I think uh, uh, especially playing my position, you kind of like the mental challenge. Um, going out there trying to, trying to put your best foot forward. Uh, but I think uh, when it turns to just getting uh, this game, it's Super Bowl. Uh, so you really can't get much uh, more excitement than that. Um, you got a chance to, to, to do something that a like few teams has ever done in history. Um, I kind of think that's the excitement part about it. Um, the challenge part is going out there and that's getting against their playmakers, man. Uh, they're talented on offense. The O-line is great. Uh, quarterback's playing standing football uh, and the running back, well, I know he's all world. So uh, we've got to find a way to, to limit, limit their, their uh, explosive plays. Uh, we've got to tackle well and we've got to see if we can force a couple turnovers as well. Speaking of McCaffrey and the season he's had, you guys yeah. faced him his first game with San Francisco. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that and what impresses you about the way he's evolved in that offense? Yeah, I think it's a, a whole different animal than we played last time. I think he's only had two days of practice, I believe, uh, before he played the last game uh, we played against him. And so uh, I know he's a lot more comfortable uh, in, in what they're doing. Uh, they know how to utilize him a little bit better. And uh, they can let him disperse the ball around the other guys. It's just uh, aren't trying to get him involved early. So that's going to take all of us. It's going to be all 11. Uh, it's going to be a, a long, gritty game. Uh, we're excited for it. Come on. Nick, I know that um, you're focused on what's ahead, but mm-hmm. reaching the Yeah, I think uh, I think unsung heroes kind of show up in every game. Uh, I think Dion was one of those guys last week. I uh, came down with a huge turnover in the red zone when we needed it um, the most. And then uh, other guys, uh, Snead has been doing it all year. You were able to create one. Uh, Justin Reed almost had him one. And uh, uh, Lamar came and grabbed that one from him. And then Charles, uh, new to the team, uh, we able to get a, a, a sack. So everything was huge. And I also just wanted to ask about what's, what's Patrick like after a loss? Like, obviously, he has lost more games in the regular season than he had the past couple. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, as any competitor, man, they're upset after losses, man. They want to go out and win. I think he gets real upset, especially whenever he doesn't play other football that he should play. Um, I think guys rally around him uh, and stuff like that. Uh, he's not one of those guys that point fingers. He's one of those guys that kind of embraces the challenge of, of trying to get it right. Uh, I think I mentioned earlier last week, it's not about who gets it right. I mean, who's right, it's about, about getting it right. Um, so he's one of those guys for sure that's trying to find an answer um, and just trying to find the best way to put the best foot forward and help us win. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Bob Prady's one of those guys that, um, again, everybody can say where he's drafted, call him a game manager, all that type of stuff, man. He's going out there, he's producing and find a way to win. Uh, in this league, you kind of get judged by, by wins and losses, not for everything else. And uh, he has his team playing in the biggest game in the world. 
Um, and so we've got to give him that respect. He's earned it. Um, we've got to go out there and, uh, and execute the game plan. Thank you, everybody. Yep, thank you. Yep. All right, there's Nick Bolton. That wraps up the uh, press conference availability today for the Kansas City Chiefs. We will take a timeout. We'll come back, continue rolling. Sports or leisure coming up at 1 o'clock. More zone next. All right, we got Sports of Leisure coming up at 1 o'clock, presented by Johnny's Tavern. Heard from Andy Reid, heard from Patrick Mahomes, heard from Drew Tranquil, and also Nick Bolton there at the podium. Um, Joe Tooney did not practice today. He is, quote, making progress and not counted out. Now, going into the game on Sunday, they said that uh, they, I think it was Adam Schefter or... Um, one of the NFL reporters said that Joe Tooney would be out for the game and it would be a long shot if the Chiefs were to win against the Ravens for him to play in the Super Bowl. I still think it's a long shot for him to play in the Super Bowl, but the Chiefs, Andy Reid, saying they are not counting him out yet. Was that the Somebody re- used the phrase peck tear last week. Yeah, pectoral tear, which is... I can't I mean, remember who it was that that always, came from. There's always even. grades of uh, tear. Yeah, so. Absolutely. It just seems I mean, like there's still... I mean, there, again, maybe even different opinions and stuff. Yeah. So. We don't typically we'll hear like, oh, um, he uh, has a peck injury. He's out for a week. Right. <laughs> That's t- right. not typically what you hear. And if it was... Somewhere along the one or two week peck strain timeline that would make some sort of sense, yeah. Joe Tooney probably would have played because that dude is. And it, look, far be it for me to be like, you know, he, he definitely would have been as good, you know, bench pressing defensive lineman with one fully <laughs> functioning peck. But the stuff that he's played, he played with a broken hand. I I think if there was a matter of if it was a matter of pain and not functionality, I think I think Andy Reid said that on Friday actually. But yep. if it was a matter of of pain. Joe Tooney would yeah. be playing. Yeah, it's if not you, functional right if now. If you think about trying the muscles you would need to push another person away from you, only having one peck would be really tough. Yeah, the uh, 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 training transfer, the bench press might actually transfer to an offensive lineman more than Patrick Mahomes bench pressing when right. Bobby Stroop's video comes out and says, uh, oh, look, here's transfer of training. Here's, <laughs> right. here's our training. This is what it looks like. In practice is what it looks like when it's real. Um, And uh, a bench press seems to be something that, um, you know, using your pectoral muscle uh, as an offensive lineman. But functionality, not pain. That makes sense. I think Joe Tooney would probably be able to take the pain if it means playing in a Super Bowl. Yep. Or, I don't care, shoot the thing up. Mm -hmm. Do what you got to do. I want to get out there and play, whatever it might be. I don't know. Uh, But functionally, cannot go right now. Making progress, not counted out. We'll see. Still think it's a long shot. A couple things that uh, came out of the press conference with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, Signs that this was possible throughout the year. I thought that was an interesting question that, you know, you guys went through some struggles throughout this year. There was frustrations that boiled over, and now you're getting ready to go play in another Super Bowl. And he said that uh, along the way, guys took it personal. Guys weren't happy. They continued to put in work. Nobody was just accepting the uh, struggles at the time, uh, and that was at least a sign that this was possible. I still think it felt like it was a long shot, kind of like Joe Tooney, but a long shot for this team to be playing right now when you come out of that Bills game, when you come out of the uh, uh, Raiders game of like, you know, how's this team going to look? Well, there are some really good teams in the playoffs, and – they may be one and done at this point and just sort of come to grips with the moment that this is not going to be one of those years that we watch this team. Maybe different looking back to like Miami and Philadelphia and a slow start against the Raiders, but it just kept going the wrong direction. Um, I thought it was interesting too when asked about the game situations where you take a sack late. He talks about the meetings that Travis hates them. I thought it was fun. Um, the all situations they go through, late games, third downs, whatever it might be, old games, and he says it's repetitive. But said I pay attention and I like to ask questions. 
Unlike these other jokers, I'm paying I mean, attention. That you need your quarterback to be there. You'd like everybody to be there, but you need your quarterback to be there. I mean, like that kind of coupling that with him talking about his note taking process and going through all the meetings and all the film and taking all the notes and then rereading his notes and the coach's notes and then rewriting those. And then this week with two weeks, he'll probably write them all again. Like it. It is not uh, an enormous leap for you to make mentally to figure out what a Patrick Mahomes week or two weeks of preparation looks like and the amount of work that goes into it. It comes out on Sundays. You, you see the, the fruits of that labor, and I think that's pretty cool. Back with more Zone right after this. Right, wrapping up the sound, we got Sports or Leisure in the 1 o'clock hour, 913-310-810, presented by Johnny's Tavern, premier sports bar in Kansas City. We'll give away $25 to Johnny's Tavern coming up in Sports or Leisure. We heard from the Chiefs today, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Tranquil, Nick Bolton. Also talked with Matt Lane in the 11 o'clock hour. Heard Cam Newton giving the advice to Kadarius Tony, speaking to KT, Mr. Tony. Interesting stuff in the first hour. Uh, maybe we'll play that back in the uh, in the one o'clock hour one more time. It's good it's stuff. Why not? Let's do it. It is pretty good. I'd say it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. I don't think our bleep's going to get any smaller. I hope that that guy's not going to be pretty good. <laughs> 